Welcome to We Took the Liberty, a podcast where we discuss our mediocre lives, ruminate on the weird and funny parts of our day-to-day, and explore some of our favorite places and activities in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm Logan Trent, and with me now and forevermore, Big Daddy himself. That's me. Ben Anderson. Father's Day's coming up, Ben. What do you got? What do you got planned? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, because Father's Day is a day when uh, we reenact the uh not the act that uh you know made me a father but the act that uh, of our children coming into the world started off strong yeah (laughs) so uh you know i get i get the uh ceremonial viking knife that's been passed down from my ancestors Uh uh, that's used to cut the umbilical cord Um, (laughs) and we get a watermelon uh and we you know my wife pretends to birth the watermelon which it has you know a cord wrapped around it i slice the cord yes um and then we uh eat the faux placenta right uh which we grill of course of course father's day america so you gotta grill something so i you've told me about this i haven't had the chance to attend um but you which you are invited uh, thank you you do you do rent out rup arena for this and so how much does that usually cost you know Money is no fair. It's not an object when it comes to celebrating fatherhood <laughs> or motherhood. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're kind of doing both in this scenario. But yeah, anyway. really, yeah. So you rent out Rupp Arena. So I'm assuming you're anticipating a large crowd. How many people do you usually get for something like this? Uh, like fifteen or sixteen thousand. <laughs> okay, perfect. So there is a vast audience for this. Yeah uh like recreation of the birthing process yeah and it's really an interesting uh crowd you know you do Mm -hmm. get a good number of cosplayers uh but in different sort of sectors some of them will uh you know be dressed like in scrubs like Uh they're in the hospital yeah others are in you know traditional Mm. viking garb that's really good because i think this phenomenon well it was happening before hamilton but i'm thinking of hamilton like People might dress as their favorite character. So you might come yeah. and you're dressed like Jefferson because you're like really into the V digs and like all that kind of thing. But um, but for you, you're talking about like someone's coming in, they're like, I just I love Nurse Three. Nurse Three, Nurse Three was has got it. And I, I love her storyline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so do you ever get offended when people don't dress like you, the main character? Or uh, you know, <laughs> Thank you, first of all, for sure. recognizing that in any uh, birth story, yeah, the father is the central character. Yeah. Well, let me let me just say, I think it's about <laughs> time that white male men get their due in society, and so Father's <laughs> Father's Day is our time and the limelight, and so I really just want to highlight that. <laughs> Oh, as those words were coming out of your mouth, I just, I did have the thought, I wonder how many podcasts are actually, are saying these things, but in, in seriousness, like how oh. many, how many men out there are, are, would be like, yeah, yeah, they're right about that. Yeah. There's one that rhymes with uh, Papiro that definitely, <laughs> definitely is doing something like that. Uh, but yeah, there, there are definitely a lot that are legitimately saying like, yeah, this is, this is our due. Yeah. Good job. Good job. We took the liberty. <laughs> Good job. Great work. 
Let's go tell all the other rich white guys we know. <laughs> They're going to love this podcast. So what do you do for Father's Day? What traditions do you maintain? So, um, this is, for me personally, this is my first year with being a father, so I have mm. no tradition. But typically, I'll get together with my dad and we'll just like do a, like a cookout or something in, in Moorhead and hang out and that's about it. Yeah. So are you going to go to Moorhead now? Uh, or we is are your father going to come to you? We are actually going to go down there uh, because we have not had a chance. Uh, we haven't had a chance to go down in some time. And so we just want to hang out and catch up with the cousins and aunts and grandparents oh. and that kind of thing and uh, do that. So a pretty run-of-the-mill um, Father's Day for us. Oh, what, are, what, nice. what are you planning? Oh, uh, we're actually going to have a bunch of people over okay. uh, for a church gathering. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's been planned for a while and then you kind of go like, oh, like that's Father's Day. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know what we're going to cook, but uh, I'd like to find a way to do steak because it just, it, I don't know why that feels like a fatherly dish to, yeah. to eat. We grilled steaks a lot for Father's Day for my dad. Right. Um, growing up. So, it, ju- it feels appropriate, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there are vegan dads. Sure. Uh, so I guess, you know, you could... Yeah. Legal, legally, there are vegan dads. Legal, so, legally yeah. speaking. Yeah. Uh, the tests are still, right. you know, inconclusive. Yeah. So first thing, about the steaks, we get it. You're doing well. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, I do think that's, that's a solid, like, <clears throat> there are special occasions that you can... You can like bring a bunch of people together and just like go hog wild on yeah. the grill, mm-hmm. and this is a perfect time to go ahead and do that. So, oh yeah. yeah, you've got to. Speaking of which, I need to make sure that I go get a new propane tank <laughs> <laughs> because that would be that's key. disappointing to yes. say the least. Yes. Yeah, uh, we could do something steak adjacent, like do mm-hmm. do some like something where an ingredient is steak. Right, that's always a good way to sort of stretch the steak out. What 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 do you have in mind? An ingredient being steak. I mean, you could do like you could do pizzas that have like steak Ooh, strips on yeah. them. You could do like steak tacos. You know, that's funny. I never really think of pizza as my initial like Father's Day go after. It it, it is usually grilling, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's for some strange grilling. reason. But... Even though I'd say a, maybe more dads like pizza than <laughs> steak. So, yeah, you know, just order me a. a, a Order me a Papa John's on this most <laughs> sacred of days. Um, I mean, on, on it's this right day, there in the name. It is Father John's. <laughs> it is <laughs> Papa Father John's <laughs> that we are. We're just gonna get a pizza and yep. just, call it steak. Yeah, and call it steak. <laughs> so we discussed. We discussed lawnmowers yes, earlier in we this, did. this podcast. We did, um, and I remember us talking a lot about... We said the word hog a lot. We did say and, the word hog a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. Um, so speaking of meat and uh-huh. lawns... <laughs> Perfect. Um, I, I have uh, realized something about myself. Totally. And I'm, I want to know if you feel the same way. Okay. Okay. Father to father. Right. This is 
This is a lot of responsibility. This, this is, getting, this is de- reaching deep inside of me. Perfect. So, I realized this week that my lawn makes a, a profound impact on my emotional well-being. Okay. When my lawn is disheveled, mm. when it's unkempt, mm-hmm. I cannot truly be at peace. Okay. Yes. And I have to do the work to make the lawn, uh, to care for the lawn. Lawn care. I, I think this it, is where lawn care lawn comes from. Care. Yeah. Because I think that the lawn is an emotional avatar mm. for the caregiver. Okay. So let's let's dig into this just a little bit because I I agree, and I'll get into my own like emotional vulnerability here shortly. But I can't wait. <laughs> but but so is it is it is it weeds? Is it toys in the yard? Is it like what? What is it when you say disheveled? What is it that specifically uh, gets after specifically you? Specifically, when it really you know when it needs to be mowed, mm-hmm. when it needs okay. to be mowed, when yep. it's kind of when it's grow, outgrowing its boundaries, you mm-hmm. know, it's like stretching over the sidewalk, yep. and you know, you just it needs to, that nice crisp edge from the trimmer. Yep, uh, and it, you know now. At this point in life, I've sort of amassed several, mm-hmm. you know, I've got the mower, right. I've got the weed eater or trimmer, what you know, whatever you call it. Right. I've got the blower uh, and the leaf blower, you know, grass blower, whatever, to clean off the, the driveway and the sidewalk right. when I'm done trimming and mowing. And I've just, to, to get in there and just really use all of these tools... To just give it a real nice high and tight cut. That's it. You know yeah. that. You know you you stand back. You see the lines. That military precision where everything is just orderly and yes. like organized. So when that happens, what is there an, a euphoria that you you experience from that, or is it just a peace of mind? There's that this comes about? deep peacefulness. Okay. That I achieve. Yeah. Um. You know, it's this combination of physical activity. You're walking back mm-hmm. and, you know, you're not going anywhere. Right. But you've taken a journey. You. <laughs> that is that is profound because, yeah, you're just walking back and forth in your own yard. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so we lived in a townhome for a long time, so I never had to maintenance anything, but obviously grew up and at a certain point as a kid you take over the one of your chores becomes like mowing and this and the other you know whatever it is so it had been actually a pretty long time before i had maintenance a yard or anything like that so when we bought our house back in 2020 yes now that we have like flowers in the front and a yard to take care of i feel this weird compulsion whereas before i was like oh i'm not gonna worry about all this stuff and now all of a sudden it does provide this strange inner peace yeah. that when everything is like crisp and clean and cut and good to go then i'm like i really did it today i did i did, I did something did, yeah I did, good job me you know myself on the back yeah, yeah. And, and it's weird how satisfying it is when ultimately like it kind of doesn't matter <laughs> so yeah uh, well how dare you <laughs> yeah well that's what i was gonna say but as soon as i say that i know that it, a wave of like anxiety like comes over yeah, and it's like, like oh, wow. <laughs> i want those hearts back <laughs> yeah 
it's funny. I mentioned this. I mentioned this to Hannah, um, and uh, you know, I sort of tested it as a as an idea, may a little bit of a joke, and right. she looked at me and she said, "I yeah, I get it. You you feel this way about the yard. I feel this way about." everything else in the entire house (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's good so i'm seeing a so you (laughs) let me just set this scene a movie pitch perhaps uh and we'll just call Uh, this movie father's day (laughs) and it opens it opens on a gentleman that is meticulously maintaining his yard. Yes. Like every shrub and bush is pristine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grass is cut to a perfect two inch height, like across the board. Um, the utensils being used are used and then cleaned thoroughly before being put away. And it's just this long tracking scene watching this individual do this. Then you walk into your house and there are flaming barrels. (laughs) There are, you see like newspapers just like blowing in the wind. People huddled up in fear of something. Like we haven't got that far in the narrative. So we don't need to know like what it is they're afraid of. It's a scene out of a 1980s post-apocalyptic <laughs> movie. Somebody's wearing sunglasses that light up. That's right. Snake Plissken is somewhere in the house. We don't know where. But... There are way too many leather trench coats being worn. <laughs> and and so in that moment, you and you are not phased by any of this. You walk in and you're like... <laughs> Heidi, Heidi Ho, Hannah. Everything, she, everything's great in the she world. She comes blazing out of a hallway riding a motorcycle <laughs> with like metal studded tires. She's like, if you want to live, you need to stick with me. She's got a rifle in one hand and she just mows down some vagabonds and she goes, get on. All the time, all the while, you're just bliss, still blissfully I'm unaware. Bliss- it's like, I am in the nirvana that is my yard. And... <laughs> Amidst the hellscape that is my house. <laughs> oh gosh! I gotta hey. say that's not a great depiction of my house, but it's a fairly accurate depiction of my life. <laughs> oh, and I mean, hey, it's built in. We already have the sequel, Mother's Day. We just flip it. it there it is. It writes itself. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell Hannah I made that joke. And hopefully I won't be sleeping in the doghouse. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think... It, I don't know. I don't think... I, there's nothing I, in I there. hope she... Pre- I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that she is strong and capable. And she's able to clear a barren wasteland of <laughs> evil vagabonds with the single swipe of an assault rifle yeah, on one arm. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While riding a motorcycle. What if she, instead of riding a motorcycle, she was riding Violet? I could also see that. I think Violet would be in the motorcycle sidecar. Wearing the, the doggles, the yeah. dog goggles, yeah. Just be, and just being like, hey, what's going on? Because <laughs> she, she is a solid watchdog. Like She barks, whether she knows mm-hmm. you or not, she barks whenever you come to the door. Oh, and yeah. so I do appreciate then in this story flipping the script to where she's just blissfully she's just unaware of anything that's perfectly happening. Perfectly docile. 
Uh, that's post-apocalyptic Violet is the dog that has seen too much. Yeah, that's and so. True. She's yeah, just this like, is a, yeah, okay. this is a more New York state of mind dog. That's like, <laughs> there's nothing that you could hit me with that I will be surprised by. Oh, so. you think that guy wearing it? Football shoulder pads with spikes coming out of them intimidates me. No, I've seen much worse. Yeah, I watched a guy take a dump like right outside of my house the other day, and like, and you think I'm weird for doing it? So. <laughs> yeah. And the dump looked just like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it is. It's June, and I've started doing for my coffee business uh, farmers markets. Yep. In uh, the summertime farmers market. Yep. It's downtown Lexington. Mm-hmm. I do one in downtown Lexington on Saturdays, and then I do one Wednesday in Chevy Chase. Um, that's a little calmer, a little bit more like people shopping for stuff for their home. Sure. A lot of people pass through downtown. Yep. You know, people just out doing whatever they feel like, people visiting, you know, people who never intended to go to the farmers market. Lots of folks. Yep. So they're. <laughs> People that are actually upset that they're even there. Like yeah, people that that's show up. That's actually true. And they're like, what is this? I expected this lot to be empty. <laughs> I was trying to just walk downtown and enjoy my day. And then these people are over here minding their own business, not bothering me at all. But the fact that they're here upsets me. <laughs> there's vegetables, there's coffee. <laughs> There's cider. There's all kinds of things down here. I saw a woman trying to sell a bouquet of flowers. And I thought, not in my America. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Not in this downtown Lexington. So needless to say, Uh I've seen some things. Yes. Just like (laughs) post-apocalyptic. My house. House. So, I've seen some things. So, I decided that... This Saturday, I'd, to start making a list of things I've seen. Yes. And I'd just like to simply share these things with you. Please. So, the first thing, in no particular order, yeah. that I saw at the <laughs> farmer's market. Yeah. A man who crapped his pants. <laughs> okay. A kid skateboarding down Main Street, balancing on one leg, carrying a boombox, yeah. with one black eye. Oh, is, is it the 1980s? Right I, don't, I don't know, but I was like, yeah. And then I saw his black eye and I thought, should you really be doing that? <laughs> Do you think he got beat up for the for the whole stunt or... I don't. That's a. Good or do you question. think he got beat up and then he was like, "I need to change my image," and now this is the <laughs> new him. <laughs> he was like shoplifting and he got caught by the store owner and punched in the eye. Then he was like, "I really got to clean up my act." And then he saw a boombox and yeah, he's, he's like, "But I still want to be a little bit rebellious." Hence the skateboard. <laughs> Skateboarding is not quite enough. I need to balance on one foot. <laughs> Was it like a, a like a traditional skateboard, or was it like one of those long? It boards? was a traditional skateboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, good for Which, him. I yeah. mean, he was cruising. Yeah, I gotta say, I was a little envious because <laughs> I can't skateboard, and I definitely couldn't pull off carrying a boombox. Oh yeah, absolutely not. I the only skateboarding experience I have is from playing Tony Hawk on Nintendo sixty four, oh, yeah. and uh, and even then there were such physics defying acts that you could do in this game that if if you were watching x games and you saw somebody 
like accelerate to the height that you could in that video game <laughs> and just start like twisting the border and like behind the back between the legs, like just doing all these crazy things. Yeah. That person would disintegrate on impact. (laughs) (laughs) I I think at one point, you're talking about the blue cartridge Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, yeah. Of course. What other cartridge is there? There, on the, I do remember on the very first course of that game, like Uh, the warehouse, right? Uh huh. You, you you launch yes, yes. your initial launch. Yes. You launch off of a ramp that is approximately forty feet high. Yeah. And if your if your stats are maxed out, you can actually get close to hitting the ceiling of the warehouse while you are flying to through two plate glass windows. Yes. That's what I was saying. Like you go through glass to start this, and then I remember there's some sort of function to where if you would like hold yourself to where you can do like a i don't even know what it's called but it's like a stall of some sort where you're like one arming it your feet are above your head Mm -hmm. and you're holding it if you hold it for a certain amount of time it somehow slingshot you up into the atmosphere like this was like nasa level i didn't i didn't even know that and i thought it was pretty good i mean There's also a certain element of playing that game that would have made watching the X Games really disappointing. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh yes. like they're not doing a seventeen hundred on every jump. Yeah. They can't they <laughs> like they can't Ollie over a truck. Yeah. Like, these these impos- I can't he, this person can't grind for a mile and a half on, <laughs> on a down bike. the winding Wait roads of San Francisco. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of the things I learned... I, so, I was subscribed to PlayStation Magazine oh, for a while. Wow. So, so I, I had a buddy with N64 that that's what we would play, but I was a PlayStation kid for the most part. Oh, wow. And... This changes our entire relationship. Yeah. So, I, I would get PlayStation Magazine, and it would talk about... It would always have, like, codes and tricks and, like, all these mm-hmm. kind of things. And so, that was one of the things for Tony Hawk on, on PlayStation, was it would teach you how to do these things that would... Then basically turn Tony Hawk into a superhero. <laughs> so. Which, let's face it, he's like, I don't even know how old Tony Hawk is now. He's like almost 60, and he can still do these things. Like, he apparently shattered his body and is what? like, now, it is now like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get back to kick flipping as soon as I possibly can. And so. sh- wow. Yeah, I don't know the details, but I saw something where he broke something or multiple things here recently so wow well he's a national hero yeah i mean god bless tony hawk i do (laughs) hope that he gets better because he's a national treasure he is absolutely so i'd like to continue here uh you know just some of these things are just the simple things that you see at farmer's market so one of the delights that i got to see was a 10 year old with a mullet that made him look like he was 30 Okay. And this is a trend that's coming back in. I've seen multiple children sporting mullets. It is. So like most things in culture, it's starting at the university level. Ah. Because I asked Lindsay, which is a high school teacher, and my wife. Which is? (laughs) She's... I don't know why I said it that way. (laughs) Who is... My wife, Lindsay, <laughs> is a high school teacher. Which is a high school teacher. 
And she she has talked about seeing more mullets there on campus. Mm. And then there has been times that we've driven past campus at UK before mm. it was out. Yep. And I saw a number of concerning mullets <laughs> that I was like, okay, this is clearly something that is back and maybe shouldn't be back. You know, I think uh, the thing that I'm most concerned about is mm-hmm. that like, as with most trends, yes. I mean, we remember the inception of skinny jeans. Oh, right? yes. And it, when when we were cool yeah. in high school, it was all boot cut. Oh, you could yes. you could not pay a kid in high school when we were back in the day to wear skinny <laughs> jeans, right? But I mean, we're at a point in the society where like skinny jeans are old news. Like yeah. they were, it was everything, and they're still being worn, right? Yep. Like, oh, yeah. When when tights aren't available, skinny jeans are worn. Skinny jeans are next. Uh, but uh, here's the thing: is I, I think that we're at a point where we we know that skinny jeans look good, right? So uh, on most people, yes. So well, I don't what know is about the most tr- like some people? <laughs> yeah, I'll just say a, some people. On, let me on a, yeah. <laughs> let me edit that. Uh, it's <laughs> not not on me. That's for sure. Uh, oh, and me neither. Like oh, well, that's debatable. That's... <laughs> but what is the like? I want to see the graph at which our skepticism of mullets and the use of mullets uh, join and and become actually like uh, an ironic appreciation of mullets. And at, at what point do we actually like mullets? That's. The... Okay, that's a, that's a really great point. So, it, it, coming back to something you mentioned, I exclusively only had bootcut jeans at, at like my early high school. Wow, see, period. you were way cooler than me because I was wearing like straight cut Levi's <laughs> from Kohl's. That I mean, well, that was like an exclusive for me. And well, and what's funny about that is now looking back on it, we can laugh at it. But there was no way in the world I was wearing that ironically. Like I was, oh, no, I was were... wearing the crap out of those. Oh yeah. Like, like, look at this. <laughs> look at these. <laughs> like... look, check this. Yeah, I was like, I was really happy to get like a pair of relaxed fit. You know, <laughs> or like when carpenter jeans were in. Oh man. Oh yeah. I I had I had like. Well, I think that was just like the only thing available at a certain point where you just had like carpenter or cargo like yeah, pants yeah, yeah. of a yeah. certain kind. Oh, I so. mean, I, I pity kids these days because they don't have the opportunity to carry what we were able to carry in cargo That's pants. True. That's I mean, true. as a middle as, as a middle school boy, the opportunity to carry vast quantities of useless yeah. items everywhere you go. I mean... <laughs> For sure some designer was like, hey, do you remember the paratroopers from World War II? We should we should make pants that basically are equipping kids as paratroopers in like... But in like everyday world. And so... I mean, I guess at the end of the day, these kids are equipped like a metaphorical paratrooper to... <laughs> conduct business and still party as hard as they possibly can so i I think i think to come back to the the mullet conversation like i said i was i was not doing any of this stuff ironically and i think that's what's so interesting is 
I think these kids are actually just doing it because they think it's cool. Like, I don't... I, I would go as far as to say there's no irony there. Like, yeah. if you saw one kid doing this, then it's like, okay, this guy gets it. Yeah. But when you see multiple people doing it, it's like, this is clearly, like, a trend. This is a thing. That yeah. then we can make fun of later. But not, right now, in the moment, like, there are going to be yeah. people that are going to say, dude, that is so awesome. And they mean it 100%. Yeah. So, In fact, we may be tapping into the reality that, like, irony is sort of, like, out at this point <laughs> like doing things ironically no we're done with that. yeah gen we're z, just doing things yeah gen z had a meeting and they said we're not doing irony anymore so everything you do has to be authentic so just own it and go forward from there which i actually kind of appreciate that's <laughs> true that's yeah they're they're doing it right in that sense. Yeah, because hipsters all had a crisis moment where they were like, "Oh shit! Like, am I doing this because I think it's dumb, or or uh, no? Uh, this mustache is cool. Yeah, this mustache is cool, and I do actually like flannel, and I do actually like the. It's very comfortable. <laughs> and the trucker hat I had is super awesome. <laughs> and my pants are so tight, I don't have to use contraception. <laughs> I saw. A hipster wearing two pairs of glasses. Uh huh. <laughs> like actively. Yes. Not like just... one pair on their head, one nope. pair on their face. One over the other. <laughs> so seamlessly that I mentioned this to the vendor next to me who this individual visited. And he did not notice. So I want to just. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, and one pair, so two clear pair of two glasses. Two pairs of glasses. <laughs> one was not a blue light glass. I, I mean, I, pff, you're Look. asking the wrong guy. <laughs> well, which also, like, I don't understand why you would have that just out there for, like, day-to-day use. But that, that's that's a very interesting trend of, like, bifocal, <laughs> potentially. I mean, it was like Ray-Ban on Ray-Ban. <laughs> and I mean, it worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah. I mean, I left myself going, I saw that, and I don't hate it. You left thinking, should I pick up a pair of sunglasses? On and the, another pair? And it, yeah, on the way home? Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, there. I feel like this is a disclaimer for the market in general. Right. Some of these things I'm going to mention, they work. Yeah. I mean, like, we can make light of them as much as we want. Right. But these, you know, people are living their life and they're owning it. Do you think next week you'll see, not this person, but just see somebody having seen this person set up a booth to where they're selling two-at-a-time glasses sets. Oh, man. That would be a good long play. Maybe we'll see this part... Maybe I'll see this person continually, and then, like, later in the season, they'll be setting up a booth, and they will just... They'll sell out in yeah. 20 minutes every right. day. That's a... That's a... I mean... Hmm. And then the, then they change, and they're like, you know what? Double glasses are out. Tamagotchi's back in. And they oh. just start selling. <laughs> I don't know why, but you saying that... There's a part of me that has never let go of Tamagotchi. <laughs> I remember in elementary school, those things, it was Tamagotchis and Gigapets were yeah. like the, the two things. Mm-hmm. I remember they would make so much noise. Our lockers in elementary school were in the classroom with mm-hmm. us. And so kids would put them in their backpack and put them in it. And then you would just hear like the little noises and stuff like that. <laughs> 
And so, and then you would just know that it's like that dog is dying because you can't feed it. It's hungry. It yeah. is. It is in a stack of poop a mile high. You need to clean up that Tamagotchi's yes, environment man. right now. The teachers were so done with those things, and so yeah. The part of me that really wants a Tamagotchi now is like I was, I was like nine. When mm-hmm. I took care of a Tamagotchi. And I did pretty well. Like, yeah. I was I was a good Tamagotchi it's owner. It's what prepared <laughs> you for fatherhood. Well, so, what kind of creature could I grow in the Tamagotchi? I mean, could I... Maybe this was like a secret, like, wisdom vessel. Like, if you were actually good enough at raising a Tamagotchi, maybe that creature would eventually emerge from its <laughs> digital cage. We ne- We may never know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, nobody ever won a Tamagotchi, I guess, now that I think about it. No. Like, you, and I don't know that there was a way to win. Well, we'll never know because we tasked <laughs> nine-year-olds with finding out. Oh, man. There's got to be, there's all these, like, weird stories about people that have, like, never cut their hair or never cut their fingernails and, like, stuff like that. There's got to be somebody out there that has, like, like from day one of Tamagotchi has kept the same one going okay. ever since then. All right. I'm looking it up right Look now. Look it up. Yep. Oldest Tamagotchi. <laughs> the oldest Tamagotchi is said to have lived for 145 Tama years. <laughs> What what is that? <laughs> but most players would see their digital pets die within a week or two. What is a Tama year? <laughs> well, now we have to look at what a Tama year is. Uh, is it like dog years? I don't know. All right. Uh, Reddit. No, this is a wow. That's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Woof. Um, all right. In 2013. All right. That's probably the heyday of Tamagotchi. 2013. Breaking news, the world's oldest Tamagotchi has died. It is with deep regret that I must announce that Doug Sharman's world record holding Tamagotchi has passed away. Going by the name Dork. The loved, beloved, I mean, clearly this was from when he first yeah, owned it in Eulogizing a Tamagotchi, this is great. Oh my gosh. Uh, he was four days old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost to the end of this list. Hit me. So uh, I saw this. Um, I saw this at farmers market. You see, you know, as the weather, as the temperature goes up, mm-hmm. the clothing, you know, the the sleeves shorten, the shorts get shorter, That's right. and you start seeing everybody's tattoos. Yeah. Uh, you, as you may well know, we live in a very tattooed society. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I know we have a few listeners in Australia. I don't know yeah. if the same tattoo craze is alive sure. there. But let me just be on record as saying I don't care for them. <laughs> well, I saw one that you may find interesting. Uh, I saw a, a, a an individual who was purchasing something from a booth across from me. Okay. And I couldn't help but notice that they had uh, two words, one on each hamstring. Okay. That's a very interesting place. Yes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, And it very Vertical or horizontal? Horizontal. Okay. And quite simply, 
These two words were raise hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I, you know, I'm walking into a tattoo parlor. And I say, artist, I have a mantra. Where is the best place for me to display this? And they're thinking, hamstrings. (laughs) And they're like, you know what? It's two words. You got two of something else. Butt cheeks. We're going to put them right down there below each one. That's a great point. What if What if it wasn't just... What if it was like a full statement that started with like their back, their butt, and then like the last line is just raise hell. Oh, wow. Actually, this is actually a really interesting... It could be that actually this is the first installment in a multiple sitting tattoo. This could be like... Uh, uh, like a new declaration of independence sort of thing. Like, well, I'm also thinking something where it's like, raise kids, <laughs> raise wages, raise hell. Like, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, there it's, we it's go. It's like a political yeah. statement, just like <laughs> all the way down their back. So, oh, not uh, many people would see the raise wages if that was on the budget. <laughs> well, that's something that they don't want to talk about too much. Too much. Right? They're yeah. like, I don't really want to fully reveal my political views. Right. But except for a select few <laughs> who will know that I stand for a living wage. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so the final, uh, the final thing that uh, I would like to share is that I did see... Uh, an elderly gentleman, uh, and he approached my booth, which which caveats into something else I'd like to talk about another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll keep it brief. This gentleman <clears throat> was sporting a long white beard and wearing a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is a denim shirt, denim pants, and denim jacket. So, And when was this? Uh, this was two weeks ago when it was very hot. <laughs> I was gonna say, okay. So this man sporting a long white beard, wearing a full-length Canadian tuxedo, yeah. also was wearing a top hat. <laughs> and as he slowly rolled by, I observed a coconut carved like a shrunken head hanging off the back of his electric wheelchair. Wow, man. So this guy, clearly from Canada, clearly a big Slash fan, yeah. and then clearly a fan of... Maybe Captain Jack Sparrow? Captain Jack, Voodoo, something yeah, of the sort, not yeah. really sure. Yeah. What? <laughs> did he stop at any booths? He, he stopped at my booth. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what, he did, asked, what did he, he talk to you about? He asked for a cup of hot coffee. Okay. I was out. He did just ask for a cup of hot coffee. He said, as hot as you can make it. <laughs> Hotter than the gates of hell. <laughs> and I said, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually all out of hot coffee, but I do have cold brew. Yeah. To which he went, <clears throat> and he rolled away. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know is that guy was a Vietnam vet, and there are so many bullets left in him that he can no longer feel the sensation of heat. And so he's just trying he's just to... He's trying to warm his moral He's soul. trying to warm it. And so then yeah. the idea of something cold just like... He's like, mm-hmm. I, I went through all no. that for this country? Yeah. No, thank you. No, th- Yeah. 
Give me that hot coffee. <laughs> Not this trash cold brew. <laughs> yeah. But old people old people hate cold brew. Why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think at a certain point, you're just like, I'm done with new stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, also, like, is, is, maybe we're tapping into something. Is cold brew un-American? Are you subverting the system by serving cold brew? You know what? Bring it on. <laughs> I haven't I haven't stayed up with Sean Hannity, so I don't know if it's un-American, but maybe maybe we should watch know. some of him this week and see if that's actually I don't know, but I mean I would say anybody thirty and under is like just ready to chug cold brew like a frat boy's chugging natty ice. <laughs> Special thanks to Sunmates for our theme music. Also, a special thanks to Nick Woods for our logo art. If you'd like to reach out to us with some of your favorite day-to-day experiences, just email us at wetooktheliberty at gmail.com. If we deem it worthy of discussion, you might hear us talk about it on the pod. Thanks, everyone.